Welcome to Weekly Wisdom from Jubilee Circle. We teach the common wisdom of love and unity that is found in all mainstream religions, metaphysical teachings, mysticism, and inspired secular and religious writers and teachers throughout the ages. Our goal is to help you connect with your higher divine self and transform from the inside out so you can become a force for love and transformation in the world. Each week, we bring you wisdom from our founding spiritual director, Reverend Candace Shalhoub, and other guest speakers. We hope you enjoy this week's words of wisdom. Every Tuesday night, we gather here for our uh, study group for A Course in Miracles. And we end the, the evening every time with the same ritual. We open the book and we just point at a passage and we read whatever randomly we land upon. It's often the most powerful part of the night. Because the, the, the mind-blowing part of this book is that if you just open it up, if you just let it fall open and just read whatever your eyes fall upon, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing wisdom. It really is. So, we started, so when we started this practice, point and shoot. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I immediately thought, oh my, that's terribly violent, isn't it? <laughs> For a text that's supposed to bring us to peace. So now we just call it point and read. But, but think of the other words and phrases that we say without even thinking that have this, this violent connotation, right? You know, you want somebody to shoot you an email. Beats me. Shooting your mouth off. To be brutally honest. Hit me up sometime. Right? To soften the blow. Roll with the punches. What, what else? Sock it to me. Sock it to me. <laughs> That's a good one. Sock it to me. Any, any, yeah, yeah, you're, you're dating yourself over there. <laughs> sock it to me, sock it to me. And of course, you know, the, we, we roll with the punches, and perhaps saving the best for last, punchline. It's said that sticks and stones can break bones, but man, words, they can hurt just as much. And if we've been told all our lives that we're stupid, that we're no good at something, that we're just plain lazy, that we're good for nothing, those words, man, they seep in. We really believe them. We make them our, our identity. We internalize them. And we internalize the words we say to ourselves. It's not just what we hear from others. So this morning, Jubilee board member Julie Buckley is going to tell us about a little experiment she's been doing about the power of words and how we can raise our own vibration simply by watching what we say, the words and the energy that we put out into the world. So in short, we're going to learn the true power of saying, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Hear these wise and holy words. From the Jesus story, Matthew 12, 34 through 37. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person brings good things out of a good treasure, and the bad person brings bad things out of a bad treasure. I tell you, on the day of judgment, you will have to give an account for every careless word you utter. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. From A Course in Miracles, Chapter 8. Whenever you are with a holy sibling, you are learning what you are because you are teaching what you are. They will respond either in pain or with joy, depending on which teacher you are following. They will be imprisoned or released according to your decision, and so will you. Never forget your responsibility to them because it is your responsibility to yourself. Give them their place in the kingdom and you will have yours. 
was told earlier that I looked like a teacher. But that's okay, because today, the first part of the sermon, um, you are going to learn some facts and all here. Um, some time ago on Jubilee's movie night, we watched What the Bleep Do You Know? Now, that's an interesting title, and that does reflect a very, very interesting movie. One of the scenes was a subway tunnel, and in the tunnel they had all these beautiful photographs of, of ice crystals, and I got fascinated. These were taken, the pictures were taken by a physicist, Dr. Masaru Emoto. Back in 1993, Dr. Emoto began a research on ice crystals, and by 1999, he had photographed a large number of crystals. These photographs were just fascinating. So much so that I ordered his book, The Hidden Messages in Water. Besides these crystals being fascinating to me on an artistic level, the science behind these crystals were also very intriguing. Nature is the divine canvas for the most beautiful artwork that exists. The natural world is indeed well designed. Everything is in balance, and as sound is created, created there's this master listener, and it's water. That's why you have water in your hands. Water is everywhere. It's very common. But we seldom stop to think about this liquid called water. We drink it. We wash with it. We cook with it every day. But we don't spend any time seriously thinking about water until now. <laughs> Till right now. There's probably nothing more mysterious than the water. Water is very versatile of all of the elements, the most versatile. It isn't afraid to be burned in fire. It isn't afraid to fade into the sky. It doesn't hesitate to be shattered on the rocks or be drowned into the dark shred of the earth. It exists beyond all beginning and all end. Think about it for a minute. Water never disappears. Never. Never, never, never. It may change form. It may go from a liquid to a vapor to a solid. But you can't destroy water. Whenever you breathe, you are... That air has moisture. So you breathe out and you exhale moisture from inside your body. And that moisture mingles with the vapors that's already in the atmosphere that every other being is also breathing in. Air and water vapors can't be configured within the boundary of any country. You can't contain it. It belongs to the whole wide world. Through just breathing in and out, we are connected to the past, the present, and the future, and to every known and unknown being. 
since water can't be destroyed and since it can't go out into outer space, no water is ever lost. So it's a perpetual, circulating, self-containing system. We drink the same water that touched the lips of our ancestors. So hold your bottle of water, and I want you to think about it for just a minute. This is the same water that your ancestors drank. You are holding eternity in your hand. A Course in Miracles says we are all connected, and one of those big connections is water. All right, circle back to Dr. Emoto and his crystals. Dr. Emoto looked at water's ability to copy and memorize information, both positive and negative information. When the water was exposed to positive things and positive music, it produced some crystals that were very structured, very beautiful, very structured. This one was love and gratitude. This one was the word thank you. And see how beautiful and symmetric it is. It's just perfect. Whenever it's just exposed to things like hate and violent music, it becomes chaotic without any definite form. Not very pleasing to the eye. Jacques Benvistic and his researchers all look, also looked into this impression of variables on water. And they found water remembers anything that happened in its surrounding environment and anything that it came in contact with left a mark on the water just like these crystals. Okay, that's interesting, but what does that have to do with me? Right? Interesting science lesson. Well, our bodies are 70% water. If we lose 50% of the water in our bodies, we cannot maintain life. Water carried by blood and body fluids, that means nourishment and the circulation within our body. The water serves as a transport of energy throughout our body. Using our positive thoughts, intentions, words, and feelings, we can expose water, even the water in our bodies, to vibrations, energy, in a mindful manner. All right, circle back. Back to Dr. Emoto again. Due to the lack of scientific equipment, didn't have at my disposal, I couldn't replace his water crystal experiment. But I did some research. And I did find an experiment I could replicate. On December the 11th, I cooked a big pot of rice. You cook rice in water. You cook rice in water. Oh, you cook it in beer. <laughs> you would. You would cook it in beer. 
I bought three jars that were exactly the same, and they all have this rubber seal, and they all have this fantastic little clip to seal very tightly. So I put an equal amount of rice in each jar. Then, like Dr. Emoto did, I labeled the top. This jar number one is love, thankful, affection, happy, delightful, nice, warm, positive words. This one says hate, repulsive, fool, pain, loath, negative words, awful words that you don't want to hear. The third jar says ignore. That's what I did. I ignored it. These three found a place on my mantle at home, and there they have been since December the 11th, just sitting up there. In the beginning, I was real good about going and talking to my jars. You know, I was real good for the first maybe week. I even got Jess involved. But as a side note, it was really funny. She could say beautiful things to jar number one the love jar, but it, when it came time for the hate jar, that child didn't have a hateful word in her body that she could even <laughs> pretend to say to this jar. So I said, okay, just give the first jar extra love. Jar number three, I ignored. I just left it sitting there. I didn't talk to it. It was just there, just exist. So now what is the results of this experiment. Well, the ignore jar, it has a few little bits of mold that started growing in the jar. Just a few. Overall, it doesn't look too bad. It's starting to turn a little yellow there. And then a few little bits of mold. The love jar, wow, you'd almost be willing to open and eat that. Almost. It's pretty. It, yeah, if I didn't tell you how old it was. <laughs> There's no mold growing in this jar. There's none. This is December the 11th, six weeks into this experiment. The jar with hate. It has started to discolor. It's not quite as pretty as this one. And it has mold growing all in it. Yuck. I don't think I would want to put even one spoonful of this close to my mouth. Yeah, you can see it. See, it's got all the mold in it. Yuck. So the last few weeks, it's just been sitting there with the words written on the top. Let me get back and not trip. Okay, there is two sides to every scientific experiment. And my brother James, who many of you have met, has a doctorate in chemistry, and he's also a physicist. <laughs> but he couldn't wrap his head around this one. He kept telling me, he says, sis, there had to be a spore 
One spore that got introduced to that hate one, that didn't get introduced into the love one. I said, but James, I did it all at the same time. Everything was equal. There are scientists on both sides of this experiment. That some, like my brother, have doubts. And then there's some that say, oh yeah, the vibrations from the words and the impression that the water had means a lot. So that part, you'll have to decide on which side you want to be on. But we know that words do have an effect on us. Words are an expression of the soul. And the condition of our soul is very likely to have an enormous impact on the water that composes that 70% of our body. And this impact will in no small way affect our bodies. The written words themselves actually emit a unique vibration. And water is capable of sensing those vibrations. Water faithfully mirrors all of the vibrations. Your body is like a sponge, and it absorbs all the energy that surrounds you. And as I suggested, water is, is that transport of energy, and you spread that energy through the water just by breathing in and breathing out. So what are you breathing out? Words of energy of love and peace, or words of hate and doubt. You affect the atmosphere around you. Have you ever been in a room and you're really joyful and you're having a good time and you're talking with your friends and in walks a person and just by them walking in the room, everything was sucked out of the room? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's those vibrations. That's those vibrations. I want to be the person of love that walks in the room and it's just flooded with positive vibrations of love. To be that vibration of love, I need to forgive the negative within. Lesson five of the course says, I am never upset for the reasons that I think. Sometimes we have to dig to find the source of that negative inside of. Sometimes it isn't the actual words that someone said that upsets us, but how we perceived those words. So how do we get to the core of this negative? We need to learn to be mindful of our emotions. So I'm going to give you a short little exercise that you can do in the privacy of your home. Find a place that's nice and comfy and get all nice and snuggly and comfy with a notepad and a pen. And step one is jot down the thoughts and the situations that come to your mind that bring you down. Jot them down on a piece of paper. Things that are bothering you. Maybe it's something like, well, Oh, my friends live so far away. Or maybe it's, oh, my car got broken into. The next step is to identify what feelings goes with those situations. Because there's more to it than just that. 
I'm, all my friends have moved away. I'm lonely. That's the emotion. My car was broken into. Violation. That's the emotion. You feel violated. The fourth step is, I skipped one, didn't I? The third step is to know that the feelings, it's time to forgive so that you can feel better. Get into a comfy position and you take a deep breath in. Now you need to just contact that spirit of self that's within you. And it can be something just so simple as saying, hello, I'm here. I'm ready to work on this. Then you ask the spirit to help you to forgive that sense of loneliness, that feeling of loneliness, that feeling of violation, whatever that negative emotion is. And you say, I know I'm actually at home with God and loved by many. Please help me turn this feeling of loneliness into love. We have to consciously make a point to do that. Now, is this a magic solution? No. Sometimes we have to forgive that same emotion over and over and over. Groundhog Day. Over and over and over again. But then one day, just like magic you'll realize, hey, I don't feel that emotion anymore. It's kind of disappeared. <laughs> but it doesn't end there. Because now it's just time to work on the next one. <laughs> and you do those same steps again with the next emotion until you find peace within. The Course in Miracle also says, I'm responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience and decide upon the goal I would achieve. We need to closely choose the positive vibrations of love. It's your choice. Whenever I first started this recycled art that I do, my sister came to visit. My small living room was covered and all of this very unique art wasn't her taste. That's okay. But all that she could say was, my, 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 at least it fills empty hours. Now, were her words really meant as harm? No. She wouldn't do anything to hurt me. But I carried those words with me for a long time. You know, I had worked myself up. Oh, Molly's going to see my art and she's going to go, wow, this is so creative. Wow, look at all these colors. Oh, Julie, this is so neat. And instead I got, oh, my, my. It was the way I perceived it. It wasn't the words that she said. It was the way that I perceived it. After thinking about it, you know what? She was right. She was right. If I take the tone that these ears heard her words, 
it does feel empty hours. What's wonderful is I have found an avenue of something I truly enjoy doing. And I get to make a little bit of profit on it occasionally. And yes, it does feel a lot of hours. And that's not a bad thing. Not at all. How often do we allow our perception of a comment to disrupt our positive vibrations? You are responsible for your emotions, your energy, and your vibrations. Whenever I was administrative assistant at the single adults at, uh, at Shandon Baptist Church, I would often come home so frustrated. Oh, from all the situations and all the words that were said. I don't think there could be a more whiny group of people than single adult women. <laughs> Especially if they're in their 30s and 40s going, Why don't I have a man in my life? You know, mm. So it would bug me. It'd get underneath my skin. And my husband would say, Julie, you need to act like a duck and let it roll off your back. Because that's what happens with a duck. They have so much oils, you pour water and it just rolls away. Doesn't bother them, not in the least. <laughs> to really help bring that point home and so I wouldn't forget day by day, he found a way to slip this little ceramic duck onto my desk at work. Don't you know the ones in the other cubicles wondered why there was so much quacking going on from my cubicle? Yeah, I used it a lot, a lot of quacks. But that's the truth. We need to let some things just roll off our backs. All right, circle back again to Dr. Emoto. If we purposely speak words of love and gratitude over our situations... We will imprint the water within our body with love and gratitude. And then just by breathing, we can affect the atmosphere around us. And if enough of us are breathing out love, we can change the world with our whole connection of water. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thank you for joining us for Weekly Wisdom from Jubilee Circle. If you enjoyed the program, we hope that you'll support us by leaving a good review of this podcast wherever you download your shows. We also hope you'll support us in other ways, either by becoming a subscriber to our YouTube channel and our weekly newsletter, or by supporting us financially. You can find out how to do all of that by visiting our website at jubileecircle.com. Many thanks to Audio Coffee from Pixabay for supplying our podcast music. Join us again next week, and until then, take the words of Meister Eckhart with you. If the only prayer you ever say is thank you, that will be enough. We thank you for your time and wish you the kind of week that will leave you saying, Oh yeah.